Okay, we are in Sefer Yechezkel, Perek Mem Zayin, Pasuk Aleph Vayeshiveni El Pesach Habayis. And so, Mem Zayin is the next to last Perek in Sefer Yechezkel, but it is the last vision of Yechezkel. This is the last nevuah that requires a vision that he has. And paradoxically, this vision, after so much inscrutability and inaccessibility of what Yechezkel is saying, the mystery, the multiple interpretations, this is such a clear metaphor, as we're going to see, it leaves no doubt as to what he is saying. Basically, he's reporting about observing in his visual visit of the Bayes Shlishi, a trickle of water, as we're gonna see, coming out of the Kodshe Kedoshim, the Holy of Holies. And as it moves further away from the Kodshe Kedoshim through the temple, it gets bigger and wider and more forceful until that little trickle, as we're going to see, becomes a torrential, torrential pouring of water that spreads out across the land to the east and to the west and the north and the south and creates miracles of fertility and prosperity, etc. And so you don't have to be a genius at metaphor to see what he is saying here, Yechezkel. And so let's get right into it. So now, in continuing this mystical tour with a very mystical guide of the third base Hamikdash, he is taken to a place, the opening door of the Beis HaMikdash, and he sees water, mitachas miftan habayas, coming out from under the threshold of the Mikdash, a trickle. Um, and it's going eastward. Uh, I'm sorry, that would be southward. Kipenei habayas kadim, v'hamayim yordim mitachas mikesef habayas. It is a trickle to the south from the right, which is the Kodshe Kedoshim, opposite the Mizbeach. The Meseches um, Midos, which gives us the description of these measurements, refers to that place where it's coming as Share Hamayim, the water. Now, continues Yechezkel, Vayotzieni Derech Shar Tzofomra, and now I am taken out to the northern gate, Vayisabeni Derech Chutz El Shar HaChutz, I am taken to a gate, Derech HaPone Kodim, that it is facing now south, and I am observing this water coming now from the right side. It is coming out, trickling out from the right. Now this man who is guiding me on the tour, this mysterious man, he has that measuring rod we refer to in his hands. 
Bayomod Elef Ba'ama, he measures a thousand Amos, Bayavireni Bamayim Meosim. In other words, a distance of a thousand Amos from where that water was trickling. And now it is Meafasim. It is ankle deep. It is no longer a trickle. Now, by Yomod Elef, he does another thousand Amos, Bayavireni Bamayim. Barakim. Now it is up to my knees. By Yomad Elef, he does another thousand. In other words, as farther as you get away from the source of the Mayim, that's how more powerful it is and plentiful. And now it is up to my waist deep. I'm now standing in waist deep. I've gone from a trickle to ankle deep to knee deep to waist deep. Now he does, by Yomod Elef, he does another thousand, Nachal Ashalo Uchal Lavor. It is now a river that is, un, that is impassable. Lo Achal Kigodamayim has risen to such an extent, Kishoma Nachal Ashalo Yavor. Unless you can swim it, you cannot pass it. Pasuk Bav. And now the stranger says to me, Have you seen all this? And now he takes me and he puts me at the banks of the river. I can no longer pass through the water. He puts me at the banks of the river. And now Bishuveni, there when he takes me to the river, I see huge trees. In other words, from that time he took me from the water to the banks of the river, there are trees that have grown on both sides of the river. By Yomere Lion, he says to me, So this water is now flowing to the east. Akadmonius towards Galila would be to the Sea of Galilee, literally. It is now flowing east. The Yordu al Arava, and it is descending down to the Arava, the plain, the Dead Sea, and then, of course, to the Mediterranean. Uba uh, Hayama, and then goes to the Hayama Hamutsaim, the Nirpu Hamayim. The Mayim Nirpu literally means the water will become sweetened. The salt, the impurities, the um, garbage that is in the water has been sweetened by contact with that original stream. It is now, if it were, desalinated. Um, and now, And now it is filled, this riverbed, these, which was dead. It was corpses and animals and, and nothing could grow in it. So now it is a flowing torrent of fish and live animals in there. May Ein Gedi flowing from Ein Gedi to Ein Eglayim, to Ein Eglayim, name of a place. Mishtoach Lacharamim. Fishermen are casting their nets over it, so plentiful is the fish. 
They will be like the fish now of the Mediterranean, so many species, such a growth, uh, all to be nurturing and feeding the people. Um, so, there will be as many species as there are on the Mediterranean. Pasuk 11, now of course, you're still going to need salt water for various purposes. So says the Navi B'tseisav U'bavoav below your pu'ula melech nitonu. We're not going to allow it all to go. V'anachal al-yale al-swasav mizeh u'mizeh kol eitz machal lo yivol alehu below yitom puriyav lechadoshav yivakeo ki meyamav min ha-mikdash heimo yotzim v'yopuriyav lamachal v'alehu trufa. So, in Pasuk Bey, says the Navi, the, it, it just is flowing the river beyond belief from here to here. Eitz Macho, uh, the fruit trees are growing in such multiplicity, such fecundity, uh, and the leaves, the leaves will not wither. Moreover, every month there will be new, different species of fruits. The fruit will be for sustenance. But interesting, the leaves themselves, trufa means healing, medicine. Out of these leaves you are going to extract all kinds of medicinal help that will cure illness and sickness. It is totally miraculous. So, somewhere up to here is that metaphor. Let's summarize it. We know, of course, that one of the most famous metaphors, Mayim, is Torah. The flow of water signifies the growth, the flow of Torah. The gradual flow of that water from riverlet to a mighty sea is, of course, the gradualism of redemption, of Golos. Interestingly, the Rambam in Hilchos Mikvos raises a very deep metaphysical question. We know a person is Tahar or Tameh, and Tahar or Tameh is abstractions. In other words, he becomes defiled. There's nothing on his body. It's not like there's a spot as a rule. There's no mud, there's no dirt. It's a state of abstraction. He goes to the mikvah, immerses himself, comes out, and he is now considered Tahar. Why? What does the mikvah do? It's totally illogical that there's nothing on his body, yet he goes in and metaphysically he is cleansed by a mikvah. Says the Rambam, what it comes down to is the individual being mechavein libo, directing his heart to the Kaddish Baruch Hu, and believing that, immersing in that water, now purifies him in that abstract manner. And that's what's happening here, that this is going to be metahel, all b'nai Yisrael. And so that is the chazon, the vision of Yechezkel, and it's seemingly, at least compared to his other visions, a very clear one. The redemption is coming. 
It's going to come through Torah. Water is Torah. It is going to yield a fruit that has never seen a kind of a fruit. The leaves are going to yield remedies and cures for diseases there never were. And there's going to be just prosperity and living on the land in utter tranquility. And now, in speaking of the land, we are going to go to the redistribution of the land. We know that the first redistribution under Yoshua was done, as it were, by a lottery, a mystical lottery, but a lottery. This is done by actual distribution in strips of land. The other was done by the uh, population. You took the population of B'nai Yisrael, and that's how you fit in the land. Here, irrespective of the numbers, you are going to have the same territory. Um, moreover, there will be no Aver Hayardain to the eastern end of the Jordan where Ruvain uh, Shimon Ruin God, Shevet Menashe dwell. They're all going to dwell within the territorial precincts of the original of Eretz Yisrael. Billy, yes. Let me ask you a question. So we get to today, our, our time, and the Jews today are all descendants of either Yehuda or Benjamin, right? Where, where, where are the these people who are going to be populate the land of the other tribes, where are they coming from? Excellent question. All right. So the Navi deals with it, and the Forshin deal with it. In other words, first of all, the foundation is the ten tribes are coming back. That wherever they are, they are coming back in the end of days. The question you raise, how do you know what shaven you belong to? Do any of us know what shaven, unless we're Kohen or Levium? Um, we don't know. The answer is, and this seems to be a unanimity on this on the fortune, Eliyahu is going to come at this point and will be able to tell exactly which shaven you belong to. So it's an article of faith that, yeah, it's a very logistical problem, but you've got to believe Eliyahu Hatnavi will come and he will know which tribe each individual Jew belongs to. So, uh, continues, It's going to be divided into 12 Nachalo, inheritance. Yosef Chabolim is a mysterious phrase. The Mepharshim take it to mean Yosef is going to get two portions, Ephraim and Menashe. The Gemara in Baba Basra tells us there are going to be 13 divisions. Where do we get 13 from? We don't know, or we try to understand it. We're saying, some say, Shevet Levi, which traditionally did not have its own Nahla, they were the Nachla of the Kaddish Baruch Hu. They will have their own Nachla. Um, others say that uh, the Nasi, remember the Nasi, whoever he is, Kohen Gadol, king, is going to have his own Nachla. We described it as coming in the center, six strips to the north, 
the big Nahla, six to the bottom. He is going to have it, and that could be the 13th. Rashi seems to indicate that these boundaries are identical to what the Torah prescribes, but they can't be. Malbin says, it, first of all, it's on a much larger scale. You're talking about the territories are much larger here. And so therefore, that is how you're going to divide it. Six tribes, the Nachala, the Nasi, and we said again, it bears repeating, the Nasi got so much territory just as an incentive not to steal his fellow Jews' property, etc. So, Yosef uh, Chavalim, let's accept it for now. He gets two in the form of Ephraim and Menashe. They will get each to his brother, as I have prescribed, as I have raised my hand to give them. And we will fall to them as a nachla. And now we go over the, the boundaries. Uh, from the northern boundary, from the Mediterranean, it goes all the way to the side, Hamas, which we have had before. Hamas, by the way, some unfortunately say is Antioch, but that would be in Turkey. Um, it could be a different Antioch. It goes all the way to the border of Damasek, which is Damascus. And to Hamas. These are names of cities that the northern boundary. Goes all the way to Damasek, Vulchamas, the pastas up to the very corners of the north. Upas Kadim and the uh, eastern border, Mibain Chavron, Ubain Damasek, Mibain Hagilad, again places, Umibain Eretz Yisrael, to the eastern shores, Tomdu, the Espas Kadema, and to the corner of the east. Remember, there is no east of the Jordan in this division. Upas Negev, now you're going south to the Negev, Temana, Mitomar, Admei Marivos, Kadesh, Nashor, Hayam Hagadol, all the way Yam Hagadol could be the Dead Sea. Or it could be the Mediterranean, goes into the desert itself. And you are to divide this land among the tribes of Israel. As we said, it's an equal division. Visualize six strips running from east to west. Visualize three, six on top. That huge land called Truma that belongs to the Nasi and will be occupied by the Kohanim. That is in the middle, and that's where the Beis Hamikdash is. And six to the south of that land called Truma. By and now a very interesting concept. Ula Hagerim, 
Hagorim besolchechem, asher holidu bonim besolchechem, v'hoyu lochem ke ezroch b'nei Yisrael idchem, gipu benachalah betoch shivte Yisrael. The gerim, the converts who have lived among you, will get land, will inherit a part of the nachla. Inference being, it will be not a separate nachla for gerim, but they will be within the tribe they have attached themselves to. Problem is, the Torah says it very clearly that Gerim do not get land. How are you going to conform this? That yes, Gerim will get their own Nachla. So two main interpretations. Arbarbanel says, if you think about it, at this time, the Achris Hayamim, the Bias HaMoshiach, isn't it fair that those converts who joined us and suffered with us through all the sufferings, as opposed to the earlier converts who joined us if, because we were front runners at that time? Yes, it was easy. We were the most powerful nation at the time. That's where they joined us. They would not get the Nachla. Those that stayed and suffered with us would get a Nachla. That explains the difference where the Torah is saying they don't, they don't in those times, they do now. Sifri is violently, the commentator is violently opposed to this, emphatically objecting. The Torah says they don't get a Nachla, period. Rather, says Sifri, it means that they will share, these later, latter-day converts will share in the kapara of B'nai Israel. That with the kapara that B'nai Israel gets to each shaven, they have a right to participate in them. Um, it also says it means maybe they have a right to kfura. They will be buried like a Jew. And if you think about it, a lot of them have children who by now their DNA would be Jewish, if you think. Um, and so they would certainly be entitled to Kfura. So you did it with the tribe you lived in when you became a convert. So that kind of conforms why Gerim didn't, and now Gerim will get a part of the land according to Abarbanel. According to Sifri, no, they get the kapara of Bnei Israel, they get the rights of burial, but that's well, it. Wouldn't an easier interpretation mean that the first was talking, the, 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 the Torah was talking about the initial <coughs> entry into Israel? That's something that, that's not taking place, that, that already took place, it's irrelevant. Um, it's a very good argument because it says, if you look in Pasukhov Gimel, Asher Holidu Banim Betochechem, they raise children with you. Let's say he was an original convert and he's got children, grandchildren, great grandchildren. Why shouldn't they get a Nachla? What differentiates? They don't even know that they're Gerim. The what? They won't even know that they're Gerim. Right, right. There was nothing that indicates generations after their game. It's a very puzzling concept, very difficult concept. How do you do this? The tribe that the Geir resides 
Sham titnu nachlaso. That's where you give him his nachla. Neum Hashem Elohim. So there's a great preponderance that yes, those latter day gerim who have had children on the land get a nachla with B'nai Yisrael. So tomorrow, Emir Hashem, the last parak in Yechezkel, again, we are going to get a description of these boundaries, uh, etc. 8.45 a.m., you'll want to be here for the conclusion of Yechezkel Ad Khan.